Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is uh, August 7th, and this is Brent Smith with the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Daniel Yoverton and special guest, woohoo, <laughs> Pastor Phil Nelson. Hello, everybody. <laughs> good to have you, man. It's good to be back. Good. I miss this. Get, uh, he like, get welcome little... back, Carter, for the song here. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Mr. Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Brings us way back. (laughs) That's awesome. It's like last week we made a reference to what? Three Amigos amigos, for our older listening crowd? Pop culture references constantly. (laughs) Our our coming up generation is going to be like, what is that? Yeah, that's exactly what we thought. Do your research. (laughs) It's called Google. Yep. Up up your nose with a rubber hose. All right. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, sorry guys. So uh, where are we today, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're in TV land. Yeah, I know. Um, no, today, guys, we are in Romans two, and um, we have actually, as a staff, we've discovered um, a new app that came out recently. Um, we're doing a plug for them here, I guess, but a new app called Dwell that um, it, it just adds a little bit more to your scripture reading daily. Um, just so you know, if you do like it, uh, you can just go on iTunes and search Dwell app. Uh, it is a subscription service, yeah. but if you do the monthly uh, subscription, it's only two ninety nine a month. So it's yeah. very, very affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an awesome app that I myself have really started to love, and I know that um, we as a staff have really started to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. But uh, they, they take scripture reading, um, and they have really put in the time and the effort to find really good, uh, a handful of really good voice actors um, that you can choose who it is that's reading each day to you. And then they also have really nice tracks of music that play behind it to just really make it more of a storytelling kind of session so that you can listen and kind of glean more from it. Uh, For me personally, it makes it to where I kind of zone out and my brain starts thinking about other things less. Yeah. During it, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, really well done, yeah. really well done. So anyway, today, instead of us doing the um, the scripture reading, we're actually going to let the Dwell app do it for us. Um, as I said, we are in Romans 2 today. If I didn't say that, I apologize. I think I did already. I think. You did. Um, but anyway, we'll just go ahead and get right into the um, the scripture reading and then we'll carry on with our normal conversation. So this is the Dwell app on Romans 2. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience? not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality. He will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. 
For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day, when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For, as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision, indeed, is a value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So, if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised, but keeps the law, will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision, but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. All right, you guys. So that was Romans 2. <laughs> the uh, I think it's always interesting, whenever we see the therefore, it's always good to look back. Because mm-hmm. it just seems like this. Just we're falling in the middle of a conversation about judging and about judging others. And uh, what we see at the end of Romans chapter 1, and just like all of the books of the Bible, especially the letters that Paul wrote, they're all one letter. And so we break them up into chapters because it's easier for us to make references to them, but this is mm-hmm. all one fluid thought. Mm-hmm. So he just gets done with talking about how humanity has rejected God. They've exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and now there's all these awful things that the world has experienced because they've, they have turned their backs to God and they've turned to other things for gods. And because of that, all these terrible things are happening, um, whether it's in our hearts, the way we treat people, and it lists a bunch of different sins. And a lot of them are like, oh yeah, that's absolutely like egregious sins. And then some of them are like lying and things like that. And you're like, oh, well, those ones can kind of go by, you know, but God, he's saying that we're all following under the same sentence because we as humanity have rejected the truth of God and the love of God and have exchanged it for something else. And so then we jump into why not to judge then? Because mm. there's always going to be this opportunity where we're going to compare each other to others. 
And you might even, I'm jumping ahead a little bit about when it talks about first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And you're yeah. like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like, especially the way he says it in verse 10, he's like, you know, hey, glory to God to peace to everyone who is, who's good. First to the Jew, then the Gentile. And God shows no partiality. And I'm like, <laughs> no did you just contradict yourself? <laughs> you just did. <laughs> and, totally. And, and so... I'll, I'll talk about that for just a second, and it'll He's segue human, back right? into the judging, uh, because the uh, the first Jew to, and then also the Greek, and this was a big conflict going on of basically racism. Racism was taking place, and the Jews had always basically pushed away Gentiles. They had a prayer that said, thanks God that I'm not you know, a woman, a slave, or a Gentile. And so that was their, that was the prayer that they had. It's pretty terrible anyway so uh so there was always this division between uh jews and gentiles and what paul is saying here is not that the jew is greater than the than the greek or the gentile but that the jew reveal was revealed god first Mm -hmm. they received the revelation of god so it's a sequential thing but what was going on now that Jesus was on the scene and the jew and the gentiles were being accepted was they were saying oh hey now we're the new jews so we pushed the other Jews aside, and now we're a step ahead of them. Huh. And so there was this kind of reverse yeah. instance going on. And so Paul is saying, hey, look, this is together. Like, Jews yeah. got this first. Right. You're st- we're still a part of this. But God's not showing any partiality. And what he really clarifies that is what your heart is. Mm-hmm. How your heart is, not who you are, not your race, not who you were born with, not physical appearance, but are is your heart following and being obedient to God. And so that's... Which is, which is interesting. Sorry to interrupt. No, go but, ahead. Uh, right. And I know we need to get back to the judgment. But um, I think the issue there too, even for us getting into a, a point of application, is entitlement. Mm-hmm. So often we're just saying, well, thankful I'm not this. Mm-hmm. Thankful I don't have this sin in my life mm-hmm. and I'm not doing this. And it's entitlement and it what it's so div- divisive mm-hmm. and destructive. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't think here the first to the Jews and then the Gentiles entitlement at all. No, it's kind of almost obliterating uh, entitlement and uh, favoritism there. And I think there's also an element of responsibility because the Jews had the revelation of God for centuries, thousands of years, and they still didn't get it. No, you know, and so that there's a responsibility that the Jews were saying, just like Paul said, "Hey, you say you guys are the light to the world. You're a guide to the blind. You teach children." But you're not following it. You're not actually doing it. So don't think that just because you have been a Christian for 50 years or that you know everything about the Bible, that you're actually putting into practice and God's actually pleased with where your heart is. Because if you put judgment into the scenario, you're not acting in the character and nature of God because God's judging everybody fairly and Mm -hmm. we're all in need of grace as Paul is going to eventually Mm -hmm. kind of continue with this dialogue that he's passing down to the Romans. And what Paul was dealing with so often was Jews who just, because they're Jews, they're God's chosen, mm-hmm. and they're, 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 they got a ticket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. Paul's saying, just because you are of the Jew, Jewish lineage doesn't make you children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And he gets to that. It's a heart issue, a circumcision of the heart. We'll get to that in a minute. But he was trying to get the Jews to understand that just because they're a Jew, that does not make them uh, a child of God in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there was something 
uh, at the heart of it. And then you see in Romans one at the heart of it is sin. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and so I think that we, we kind of go into observation and application sequentially because mm-hmm. it makes sense for us. Uh, and it kind of flows well with the conversation. And, and so I think we can look at saying like, don't judge or don't judge others. And you can say like, like push people back and say, okay, just don't, you don't have access to my life. Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge me. And I think that can kind of give us to where like, we're like, okay, well, then we're just going to be permissive of everything. And that's not really the case because Paul's saying that all of this stuff is is a result of, of man's choices and there's consequences to those actions. But what he is saying is don't then use that as a platform to build your own self-righteousness. Know that God's kindness has yeah. been towards me, towards you, and he's been patient with all of us. And that's the thing that's been lead that led me to repentance, that led us to repentance, was that he was kind and he was patient. And we act in the manner of God when we do the same thing. How often, this may be going off a, a really horrible, dangerous tangent, but how often do we uh, see the Christian movement as a whole uh, beating the Bible over people's heads and using guilt, shame, and condemnation mm. to bring a person to the gospel of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus means the good news of salvation, meaning that Jesus is the only one that rescues us from the penalty of sin. Mm-hmm. How often do we use condemnation and that's not it at all. Yeah. yeah. It's his kindness mm-hmm. says forbearance or patience that leads us to repentance. And, uh, I think we just need to remember that as we share, uh, the good news of Christ to other people that, it's his kindness and his mercy that gives us forgiveness. And that forgiveness is what should lead us mm-hmm. to shedding the weight of our sin and confessing to the Lord for forgiveness. Yeah. It's the difference in coming to Jesus because you feel like you are supposed to, as opposed to coming to Jesus because you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I think that's what a lot of churches have done for far too long. A lot of people have done too the people within their lives for far too long, using guilt and shame to, to force them into coming. Mm-hmm. That's not how you win somebody's heart. Mm-hmm. That's not how lives are transformed. Mm-hmm. If anybody does that to me, my first reaction is to push away from whatever they're trying to get me to do. I'm doing the opposite because that's not how you get me to do something. You that's know? a good point. So, um, and I think like it's, it's love, you know? No, you're, you're good. Yeah, I mean, you say it right. It's perfect. It's love. Because First John says that perfect love casts out fear, and, but fear has to do with judgment and punishment. Mm-hmm. So when we are trying to influence people to follow Jesus based on fear and based on judgment and punishment, we are not revealing love. And God is love. And so we are actually, we're projecting on them, and they will fo- if they follow God because of the fear and the punishment, then they're following the wrong God. So I have a question, a little yeah. devil's advocate here. Yeah. Um, what would you say to somebody in that case then if they're saying it is love, but the only way that I can get somebody to do what I know will be good for them, it's like tough love to them to, to do that and to try the, this technique to get them to come in. I would take the, uh, the perspective of a parent and I would ask them, how is that working for you? Mm. Because I know from a child being... Uh, raised in a Christian home, a lot of it was just forced and artificial and it was just what you needed to do. Mm. And a lot of, you know, the tough love of we're just gonna, we're gonna do what we need to do Mm -hmm. and we're gonna call it love. Mm -hmm. 
it's artificial. It's fake. It's not genuine. Mm. You know, Romans 12, which we're going to get to in a week or so, says, let love be genuine. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, as I'm a broken, uh, imperfect parent, what I'm trying to do is find those moments where love is literally genuine Mm -hmm. to my son and my daughter. To where they know that this is a moment between them and daddy. And love that's genuine is love that is real, mm-hmm. broken, raw, mm-hmm. and very vulnerable and transparent. So to answer your question, it's tough love is is love. It, I don't, I don't, what am I trying to say, Daniel? I, th- I think it works in some situations, <laughs> but not in issues of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's something that you have to... Um, find your way into and something that you have to want to do on your own. Um, there are some certain circumstances like, you know, getting your kids to brush their teeth. Sometimes you have to be a little forceful with that and be like, we're going to do this because it's good for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. but this is a completely different thing. This but is a relationship. This, is a this isn't a, an, a task. We'll take the parent perspective anyways. When we're talking to somebody, whose parent are they? Like who's, who's their parent? The Heavenly father is right. Mm-hmm. So when we assume the role of judgment, we're assuming the role of a parent. Mm. That's not our role. Like our role is to point people to Jesus because we're all siblings in this situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like we have yeah. a sibling nature here, so we need to figure out what we're going to do to point people to the kindness of God, to Abba Father, into his nature, yeah. right? So but when we put the mantle of judgment on, then we're putting the we're putting the mantle of parent on. And mm-hmm. that means that, oh, we're, we're also putting then that God, that we can see what's really good for that person. Right. And maybe what we see is totally blind or totally narrow-minded when it comes to what God sees and yeah. what God envisions for that person. And and so I think that's a very dangerous road to go down when we start to like tough love people into following Jesus mm-hmm. because we are assuming the, the role of the disciplinary parent in that action. Yeah. Now, a lot of this, I think, also has to do... Mm-hmm. when we're relating to like believer-non-believer conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we go to... like like believer believer conversations it can be a little bit different mm-hmm. because i think there's a there's also a unity in the body of christ that we spur each other on to good works yeah. and so you can say i'm doing this out of love to talk to you about this but when it's bringing somebody introducing somebody to god for the first time or when they're just coming back to faith or they're a baby christian you want to you want to point people to the love of the father mm-hmm. and not to you know you shouldn't do this because i'm saying so because i have more spiritual knowledge and i have more wisdom to see into your scenario what's good and what's bad for you you're you're stepping in very dangerous territory when yeah. you do that and that's exactly what i was trying to say <laughs> <laughs> translation thank you so much dan <laughs> but I, I would say from my own experience and perspective it is very like you said it's very dangerous territory because i have seen within my own family um my grandparents i love my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. love them to death they were like parents to me and my sister they will always have an extremely special place in in our lives um but my sister my sister and I have a different experience with them because they were older and they had learned and changed a little bit. But I know that with my mom and my uncles, um, they were very much uh, forced into belief and going into church and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of what I've seen in their lives, some more than others, um, it it set up a lifetime of a wall that they put up against the Holy Spirit and about developing any kind of, any kind of a relationship with God. And they just convinced themselves, some of them that he, God doesn't exist because 
they just were so tired of being shoehorned into that every single week that they rebelled so completely that they decided that is not for me ever, you know, um, to where now my uncle, he's in his seventies and he's just starting to soften to wow. the idea of it. Mm-hmm. So it can set up a lifetime of mm-hmm. not knowing the Holy Spirit because of something that happened to you in your childhood from your parents or from someone that you knew trying to force you into faith. Mm-hmm. So anyway. And I think the the tough reality is that God created a relationship, a parent-child relationship, husband-wife relationship to reflect the Father mm-hmm. and to reflect things in heaven and how God responds to us. And because of sin, like we just saw in the first chapter, we have now got so much brokenness when it comes to those relationships. And so they become complicated. And a lot of times it's not like, okay, you just need to stop judging. You know, it, it, it really becomes a very complicated situation. But I think as we can kind of extrapolate from this is just knowing that God was so, like, I've always kind of thought of it as like, how did God respond to you in your situation, in your sin, and in your judgment, and in your messed up world? Mm-hmm. So how should you respond to other people? Yeah. You know, and if it's and if God was patient and kind to you, then you need to do the same for other people. And, and, and so I think that can kind of, like I said, but it can be messy. It can be really messy, especially yeah. when it comes to family, just because there's so many, much interplay in relationships. Mm-hmm. I think um, for me, and and uh, as I read Romans two, the the thing that really jumps off the page is the heart, because that's mm-hmm. what God looks at. Yep. If you look at all through scripture, especially in the Psalms, it's all about the heart. The heart of the matter is where is your heart and who is at the center, the forefront and the throne of your heart. Mm-hmm. That is that is really the big question throughout. And so everyone listening, I just just take literally five seconds and just ask, who is at the front of my heart? Where is my heart? What is my heart devoted to? And as you answer that question, you're going to get to the root of what I believe the Apostle Paul is getting to, to encourage people to not worry about all the other issues, but to focus at the heart. And what's interesting when he talks about it in verse 5, he says, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up for yourself wrath. And what's interesting is that uh, that word in English uh, for impenitent and hard heart is actually sclerosis. And sclerosis then means abnormal hardening of body tissue. Yeah, it's and scarring, it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the other definition of that is excessive resistance to change Hmm. and it's the resistance to the mercy and the kindness of god which then is that wound of 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 hardening of tissue Mm -hmm. and um i don't know for me it's like what is god saying about that Mm. so what's the opposite of the hardening of the heart the building up of excessive tissue uh, the resistance to something that's good and the mercy and the kindness. What's the opposite of that? Would you guys have any thoughts? I mean, I think when I, when I think of resistance and also scar tissue, I know scar tissue messes with functionality. Like it slows functionality. Um, it become, it becomes kind of like 
pull, like space that pulls against the like you can't your range of motion is not as good when you have scar tissue yeah. you know and things like that and so I, I and feel it's like painful yeah and and so I think that that um, there's definitely a resistant to change but I also think there's a there's a resistant to like uh, mobility of the gospel within mm-hmm. your heart and like th- and looking for opportunities like because you're so stuck in this in this kind of like cage of scar tissue yeah. yeah and it causes you to have to work that much harder there it is yeah to yeah. get back to where you were before yeah and uh just just for our listeners and for us just just a few things to throw out to you as you're dealing um with your heart and i, I believe that um you know the heart of the father uh is all about surgery of the heart because if he doesn't capture and he's not the lord of our hearts then it's just religion mm-hmm. because relationship is about the heart. The heart is, uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, David said in uh, Psalms 19, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. God knows everything about our hearts, mm-hmm. the secrets of our hearts. And, uh, you know, I think of Psalms 51, create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And so I believe that if we go through Romans and we don't recognize that the crux of the matter is our hearts and God wants our hearts, you know, the whole point of salvation is God taking our heart of stone, our hardened heart of sin, rebellion, resisting God's mercy Mm -hmm. and kindness and putting a soft heart, hmm. a heart of flesh that is yielded, surrendered to him. That's when God can work. So the question is, where is your heart? Hmm. And I think you can see that a lot by external actions. Like you said, out of the, out of your, out of, uh, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the things that you do, the things that you say, um, Paul even says, you, you, in your heart, you say, or you, you say, don't steal, but do you, do you steal? Like, you know, are you, are you hoping, are you placing confidence in stuff that you are doing, like, like maybe things that would be of merit, like going to church, reading scripture, you know, you do, you give to the local church, but you treat your employees terribly, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you harbor bitterness towards people, you know, I mean, what's God going to see? And I think what's crazy is because we can see the extra, we see a lot of the external. So we see, man, that guy is reading the Bible. That guy's going to church. That mm-hmm. guy's involved in small groups. That guy's doing all of this stuff. But the heart is where God sees. And you see that even in the story of David, like God was rejecting all of these potential kings that were David's brothers because God saw the heart, not the external. And even Samuel, a prophet, was totally like, this guy's the next king. And he was like, God's like, no, dude, his heart is in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. I got a better guy in store. And so I think also the scary verse here, but I think the powerful verse here is in 16 where it says, God judges the secrets of men mm-hmm. by Christ Jesus. And when you are trying to hard, when you're trying to hide the things of your heart and just mask them by your external actions, that is a scary verse. That is a scary verse because yeah. then you're, you know that you're going to be exposed. But if you allow then to like let your heart be exposed like to the softness of God, allow kindness and his patience that God has shown you to then pass it along to other people and your actions embody that, then 
that's not going that's not as a terrifying verse for you and it's also by Christ Jesus so when God judges the secrets of men you know I want to be judged by Christ Jesus like I want to be like I want Christ like hit this like the things of my heart to be like uh, to be judged, to be seen through the lens of Christ, not through the lens of my church attendance, you know, how how well I treated people. I want it to be covered by the grace that comes from Jesus. And, and so I think that a lot of this not only just centers around the heart, but it, especially when we go back to judgment, it's almost like, what are you putting your confidence in? Are you putting your confidence that your hidden things are covered by Jesus? And so now Jesus, God just sees Jesus when he sees your heart. Or are you putting your confidence in all of the other things that you're doing that you're hoping that God's going to make happy and you're pointing out at other people that they're not doing? Mm. Because unfortunately, that's going to be revealed for what it is and that's going to be very disappointing Mm -hmm. for you. And and that's what I think that Paul says, you, you can't focus on the external. You know, whether you can't focus on whether your race or your ethnicity or your nationality or your good works, you know, you have to focus on where, where your heart is. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I I think this is a very convicting chapter for me because then if I look at my actions, am I following in the steps of the kindness of God or am I kind of self, am I justifying my own righteousness by the way I judge and treat people? Yeah. I think it should be a convicting chapter for everyone because every one of us sins no matter you know what degree, if you want to say, of the sin, everyone sins. And Jesus says there no sin is more than any other sin in, the, in his eyes. So it, whether it's something that you think is minor or not, you're on the same playing field as everybody else. Mm-hmm. I am on the same playing field as everybody else. And I thank Jesus. I thank God for giving us Jesus, that Jesus is going to be there to be to vouch for me, <laughs> yeah. to be my representative oh on my the gosh. day of judgment, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I am forever thankful for that. <laughs> and on the other side of the coin, for those who just feel like they're alone, yeah, in the weight of their sin mm. and just stuck, and there's just no way out. I want you to know that you're not alone, because the three guys behind the mics, uh, we have been in a place as well where we've just felt completely helpless and bound up mm-hmm. we've been where you are maybe not the same scenario in the same situation and the same emotions but uh we've experienced the grace and the mercy and the kindness that brings such peace and freedom mm-hmm. that we can't even put to words but if you allow your heart to open up to god's grace and kindness that is where the real hope brings real change mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um well, that's where we're going to go ahead and wrap it up today. Um, Phil, if you would, please close us out in prayer today. Yeah, let's pray. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, thank you so much for your mercy, your grace, and your kindness. You are slow to anger and rich in love. And I just pray that every single person that's listening would just experience the abundance of your love right now. And you would search their heart and know their ways. And my prayer for each listener is that they would just walk in the light as you, Jesus, are in the light. That they would have fellowship, be connected to real relationships with other people who are walking with you, Jesus. And we know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so, Lord, do a heart surgery in all of us this day we pray 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, thank you so much. As always, I say it every week, but it's because it's so true. We very much appreciate you joining us each week um, to listen to the conversation that we're having. Um, I really hope and pray, as we all do, that it is really helping you um, open up and understand the Word of God. Um, I was just actually on the way in today thinking about how years ago before I was a believer, I'd see my grandparents reading the Bible, I'd see all this stuff, and it was just a bunch of words to me Mm. on a page, and I think it is to a lot of people. Until you understand that it's a real story, it really happened, it's history, and it's the lives of people and how they've been affected by uh, experience with Jesus, uh, by experience with God, but also how they've grown and walked out their faith. Um, It's an amazing amazing book and a love letter to us and i just really hope that this podcast is helping bring that alive for you um so anyway until and brent can i yeah. just interject real quick uh, mm-hmm. anyone listening even if you're part of elevation community church body here in blanchester or you watch online or you're part of another body just know that we're here for you if you want to process anything if you have questions if you're going through a difficult season in your life we'd love to walk that journey with you yeah. and just pray for you and just do whatever we can to encourage you and uh, help bring you hope that comes from jesus and so uh, you can uh, go on our website and email us, but you can just even quickly email us at uh, contact mm-hmm. at myelevationcc.org. Again, that's contact at myelevationcc.org. We are here for you, and please know you matter. All right. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much, and we'll see you then. <laughs>